It's not always the big things that change the world. It's the small acts of kindness that happen repeatedly over a lifetime that make the world a better place. So every week we share a story of someone like you who is doing good in the world in their own way. Welcome to Doing Good with Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. I am your host, Carmen Herbert, and I cannot wait to be talking with one of my dear friends and incredible talents, Hillary Weeks. Oh my goodness, Hillary, thank you for agreeing to come on the podcast today. Thanks for asking me. This is fun. This will be really fun. I'm so excited to talk with you. And really, podcasts are for me. Like I, I have these guests and I say, oh, let's talk about all the good you're doing. But really, I just get to catch up with my friends and talk with yeah. you. About <laughs> so really, it's for selfish reasons. Or like life coaches. I've had some life coaches on I'll be like, and I'll be like, so tell me about what you would do in this situation. And it's really <laughs> right. free advice. Right. And you pose <laughs> it as if somebody else wants to know. Yes. Hi. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. Like hypothetically. Okay. So really quick, for those of you who don't know Hillary Weeks, who've been living under a rock, I just, I get to read your bio and I love doing this. I hate it when other people read my bios, but I love reading other people's so I can build you up and talk about how amazing you are. But Hillary was raised in Anchorage, Alaska, where her family often enjoyed the beauty of the outdoors, including frequent fishing trips. At the age of 15, Hillary caught a trophy sized king salmon weighing 80 pounds. So more than you. Yeah, I wish. Even at the age of 14, no. mama had a little extra weight. <laughs> but 80 pounds, that yeah. is amazing. Much to the chagrin of her father who would have liked to catch a fish that size. So Hillary, you've always loved music and began taking piano lessons at age eight. You wrote your very first song at age 14. Your first CD, He Hears Me, released in 1996. And over the past 24 years, you've released a total of 12 solo albums. Hillary, you were the first LDS musician to chart on the Christian Billboard charts, Christian Billboard charts, which is a huge accomplishment and awesome. And three of your CDs have charted in the top ten. That's so great. Continuing to blaze new trails, Hillary was the first to introduce a subscription-based approach to music, and I'm excited to talk to you about that. You've been releasing brand new songs every month since January of 2019 through this subscription called Live All In. Hillary and her husband, Tim, have four daughters and live in Woodland Hills, Utah. Hillary, what a bio. You've done some amazing things in your life, and I have had the privilege of knowing you and speaking with you at Time Out for Girls and Time Out for Women with Deseret Book. And one of my very favorite memories of you, you don't know this, but our dear friend Chris Belcher passed away recently. And she was an incredible example to me, a wonderful woman and has left a wonderful legacy for her, for her kids. And you would frequently be her guide and you would take her around when we were at time up for girls and you'd hold her arm when we'd cross the streets and let her know when there was a curb. Sometimes you wouldn't just to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember we were crossing the road one time and it was, there was some kind of buzz from the electric from, from like the phone wires. I don't know what it was. There was like this weird buzzing chirping sound outside and you were holding on to Chris and you said, do you hear those pretty birds? <laughs> <laughs> and Chris started laughing and it was, it was this little tiny moment. And yet I instantly knew what she meant to you in that moment. It was like this, you were trying to be funny and yet 
she completely trusted you. And I don't know, it was like all these things wrapped into one that I knew she loves her. And, and, and I know that, that you did and, and she loved you. And anyway, that was like one of my very first memories of you so many years ago is just your friendship with, with Chris. And, and I was like, oh, Hillary's an amazing person. And I wanted to get to know you better. And after, after that moment. So isn't it interesting how you remember that I have zero recollection of that moment. And those happen all the time. Like I remember something and my husband doesn't remember or yeah. whatever. And it, it just tells me that we have no idea when or where we might be doing something or saying something that really stands out to someone that becomes a memory that they don't forget. Yep. And that can be a scary thought, of course, but it also can be a really beautiful and great thought that you and I and everyone who's listening to this and everyone out there in the world is having an impact on people. Sometimes they're aware of it. Sometimes they're they're not. But our influence really does matter. And the things yes. that we are saying and doing, the way we are showing kindness, the way we're doing good like this podcast, the way... And we're expressing uh, how much we care about people or being an encourager really stands out. In fact, that reminds me, in the same vein, we were at a timeout for women in New Mexico. No, no, no. It was Reno, Reno, Nevada. Okay. And uh, we went to dinner with all of the presenters the night before the event. And I remember Anthony Sweat saying to me, I can't remember the context. I don't remember what we were all talking about. We were probably about to eat cheeseburgers and we were probably talking about how we shouldn't. <laughs> and so then we probably talked about, do we all work out? But Anthony said, you look like you're a runner. And that com that, that comment has stayed with me because no it was way. so unexpected. And I'm like, I'm, I'm a jogger. I'm like a walker, but like a runner to be called a runner was a big deal. And Huge if you asked compliment. him if he remembered that moment, no, there's no way he'd remember saying that. So anyway, there's a little tangent, little morning tangent for you. I love that. And I totally agree that, that the things that we say and do so often we, we don't remember, but they can have a big impact on other people's lives. And my grandma always says, it doesn't matter what you say, people will watch what you do and people will watch who you are in the example. And just by observing others and being around such an incredible group of people with you and Anthony and Hank Smith and, and I mean, honestly, and Elaine Delta, I mean, everyone, but I learned so much about myself being around all of you and how I wanted to raise my kids and what kind of wife and mother I wanted to be. And it wasn't necessarily the presentations that everyone gave, which were amazing and wonderful too. It was the interaction that I had with each of you off stage, backstage, and the conversations that we would have that have kind of bonded us, I feel like. And 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 like Brad Wilcox, even when I see him and he just gives the biggest bear hug, I love you. I love you so much. And I genuinely feel like he means it. It's not like, oh, love ya. It's I love you. Like we... I, those friendships that I formed in those years have, have, have meant so much to me. And I really cherish those. And I agree that people are watching and observing. And like you said, it's kind of scary that people are watching and listening to us so closely, but they are. In fact, I had kind of one of the, a scary or embarrassing experience with that recently with my son, he was hiding under our bed and I was in an argument with my husband and I said something, I made a comment about going back to church 
and it was like a passing comment and I was really frustrated. You're going to find out a lot about my character, I guess, right now. And I'm an open <laughs> book. So here you go. But he's in the bishopric and he was gone and he was he was gone all that morning and he had meetings. And then I was getting the kids ready by myself and, you know, with the masks and whatever. And I just I made this comment, this negative comment. Oh, garbage. And I'm not going to tell you what it was because <laughs> I don't want you to judge me further. <laughs> but it was this angry comment. And my son was hiding under the bed. And all of a sudden he comes out and I was like, oh. I said, Boston, did you hear what mom just said? And he's like, um, I don't know. And I said, tell me what I just said. And he repeated it back. And I just felt so ashamed. And so I pulled him aside and I said, listen, I should not have said that. I said this comment in anger. I want you to know I have such a strong testimony of the church and of what dad is doing, being in the bishopric. I'm, I'm glad that he has this calling. I'm glad we have the opportunity to go to church. And I'm sorry you heard me say that. But it made me think he doesn't understand that like even when we say, ah, I, I hate my kids or you guys are the worst or whatever, we're saying it in passing. And yet they think my mom hates me or, oh, she hates doing this or, oh, they don't understand the context. And I'm like, I really need, it was a moment, a teaching moment for me if I need to watch what I say around my children. Yeah, it's a great point. And we all have those moments. Yes, yeah. I know. And thank goodness for forgiveness and for, you know, kids usually forget things. I mean, you know, all the time, put your cereal bowl away, they forget the next day. So hopefully he forgot <laughs> this <topic laughs> the next day. But along with that, people learn through through so many different things. They, they learn through what we say, how we act. One of the ways that I learn concepts of life and, and, and think about things differently is through music. I, I love listening to all different kinds of music. And this is a talent that you have been blessed with and that you use to share your testimony and your thoughts and feelings about life and the gospel, Jesus Christ, trials, happiness. So tell me how it got started. You said that you wrote your very first song when you were 14 years old. Did you know from then on, oh, this is what I want to do? Or was it kind of just I want to write a song. It was just kind of, I want to write a song. In fact, a friend who I'd met at EFY sent me a poem. She was from California. I lived in Alaska. We met at EFY. We went home and she sent this really cute poem about friendship. And I was, I thought maybe I'll put this to music. And I, I liked the process. So I continued writing just for the love of writing, not with vision in mind that I would want to make it a career or a lifelong pursuit, but I have always loved music, same as you and same as so many of our listeners today. It's just a way that um, God can speak to us. It's a way music helps us express what's in our hearts. And so I just stuck with it. And I, I know that God knew that he could use me to continue to write songs and so he opened up doors and sometimes even windows to make it make it happen and to like open the path so that I could pursue music in this way. And I've never really had a desire to write uh, country music or love songs. I listen to that kind of music, of course. But I my heart has always been uh, drawn towards writing music that, like you said, that's centered on faith and the Savior and helping people feel God's love. And what is your process like when you write songs? Do you write music and lyric at the same time? Do you sit down and say, okay, I want to write a song about hurt. I want to write a song about love. And then you sit down or do you just 
do they just kind of come to you at random times when you're driving? My songs usually come to me when I'm driving, like the most inconvenient time. And I have to record them into my phone before I can get home and pluck them down on the piano. When does your inspiration come and where does it come from? There is really no rhyme or reason to when the songs come or how I write them. But most of the time I'm intentional about writing time. So okay. when I'm in the process of creating um, new music, I set aside half an hour a day for writing. That doesn't sound very long, but it's kind of amazing what you can get done in half an hour. And if I just tell myself 30 minutes, then I'm more willing to give up that time in my day because there's so many other things that, we could all be doing the laundry is calling to us. The dishes are waiting for us. So if I just sneak over to my piano for 30 minutes, sometimes that turns into an hour or two. I don't have a process necessarily of lyrics first or music first. It just depends on which one comes. But I'm most successful in my songwriting when I have a concept in mind. So when I understand what I want the whole song to be about, I I seem to have better luck writing it. And I always start my writing sessions, whether I'm by myself or whether I'm with a co-writer, uh, I start with prayer. And I, I've become keenly aware of the fact that while Heavenly Father has given me a talent and he's helped me to learn some things that help me write and help me play and discover, I'm still very much dependent and interdependent on him and the spirit. So that's really key to my writing time is making sure I invite him to the session. I think that's so important with, with anything that we do is, is inviting him to be part of our lives, but especially something like this, where you're sharing your testimony through music and your songs are, are beautiful. There are many that have helped me and touched my heart and helped me through difficult times in my life. And we had, I've had the opportunity to write with you one time. Mm -hmm. And I actually, the, the song that we wrote, it was for my grandpa. It's um, I can't even remember the title of it. I feel something then you helped me just kind of rearrange my words. So it wasn't like the sun is bright and shiny. You know, it was like the golden warmth, like you just had a way of changing the words to mean the same thing and yet in such a more beautiful and lyrical way. But actually kind of the, I thought you'd think this was interesting. The intro to my, this podcast doing good is what the song that we wrote. And so it's the, oh. the intro and outro to the doing good is, is the melody that, that oh, that's awesome. we kind of talked about and came up with for that song. And then you also introduced me to Dustin Christensen, who's an amazing writer and we wrote, have written some songs together and that's been so much fun. So, and I'm the same. I don't really think I'm going to write lyrics. Mine usually come at the same time. Like I'll start singing about something and then I'll add the arrangement, you know, but I read, you actually talked about having those little tiny 30 minute increments to get things done. I don't know if it was a blog or in a book or something, but I, re I, I remember reading that, that you said you can get a lot done in 30 minutes. And I've tried to apply that to my life, even like, okay, laundry, <laughs> 30 minutes, you know, or reading with my kids or something for 30 minutes. Have you always been like that? Like, are your days pretty structured or how did that come into play that, okay, I need to give this 30 minutes a day? Or did it start with when you started doing your subscription service for music? And tell us a little bit about that. I've been implementing the 30 minutes a day in terms of writing and creativity for a long time because when I had little kids, uh, that's just all I had. 
and there wasn't more time to give. And when we become moms or if we work or whatever it is going on in our lives, pretty quickly we realize that we don't have hours and hours and these big blocks yeah. of time to pursue the hobbies and the interests that we have and we have to take what we can get. And when I was willing to just give what I had in those 30 minutes, I found that it was like the loaves and the fishes. You know, that wasn't enough to feed the, the multitude. But when God multiplied and magnified the the bread and the fish, it became more than enough. And I think he multiplies and magnifies us in those moments when we're willing to give them, no matter what it is that we're pursuing and what we're doing in our lives. If we're just willing to start and just give a little, then he can make it enough. And in terms of live all in, I, I noticed, as you've probably noticed, and everyone in the whole wide world has noticed that music has changed. We really don't consume music the same way. Yes. Um, we don't really listen to CDs as much anymore, right. which means we're not buying CDs. We like to stream the music Yes. and we like to have it on our phones and at our, uh, on our computers, able to download. And I wanted to adjust with what was happening in the world because we still need great music. We, we still need music that's going to speak to us when we need to feel God's love when we just need to be reassured. If we're feeling doubt, we've got to have faith-based music. And so I just didn't feel like I could walk away because times had changed. And so we went to a subscription-based model where every month I release a brand new song as well as the sheet music for that song, uh, the karaoke track. So if people like to sing themselves, they can I have the, that track, coloring pages that go with the song each month, song studies, so people can listen to the song, but also work through the song study that's filled with scriptures and quotes and questions and help them to get deeper into the message of the song of that month. I have an exclusive Facebook group that people who are members of the subscription, I'm on there every day. I do live concerts. I perform the song of the month. I bring on guests every month, and we talk about um the message that's uh, tied to the song that month. And there's just like this whole package of things that they get every single month that just really enhances. It's not just the music. It's so much more, but it is the music. And the subscription is like uh, less than a s sandwich at Subway. It's just so, uh, so easy. And you don't have to think about subscribing because it's so reasonable. So that's how I am getting music out to the people who are wanting to be able to stream it. And we have a an app that we use that's being updated right now to be even better. And so it's been a really a huge learning curve. I've yeah. learned a ton, but it's been such a great experience. And I think people are still really happy to be able to get music. Well, it's such a great idea. It's a way of of releasing new, fresh, fun things without saying, "Okay, now you have to wait a year for all this new music to come out." It's 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 every single month. Mm -hmm. So, how do you do that? Do you go to the studio and record? Do you have a studio in your home? Where do you record all that music? Everything, yeah, for sure. We go to the studio. Everything has been is done in advance. So I okay. don't record or write the song at one month at a time. It's oh, okay. all done. So everything for 2021, this will be our third year doing it. So people are really loving it. 
And everything for 2021 is being created right now. Oh. So we're thinking way in advance. So so that makes it easy. You don't have the pressure of, we have to get to the studio this month that you record right. it like an album, but release one. A exactly. Month. Awesome. So where did, wh- where did the idea come from to do a subscription? I've, I've never heard of it before. And it was so fun when I got your email, in my inbox about, okay, hey, this is something new. I was like, this is such a wonderful idea. And it's, and it's a way for you to still share your talents and do what you love, but for people to receive a new song and and like, it's like a song of the month, like a book club, you have a book of the month, you have a song of the month and, and really kind of live what that song is saying throughout that month. You know what I mean? That they can live those lyrics and be intentional about like, sometimes it's hard to think I have all these things to do and all these ways in which I want to be better and change or hear him or anything. But this is such a beautiful way of doing that. Like, just listen to this song and and try to incorporate what this song is saying for this month. Was that intentional too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because we just just need that constant stream of light and encouragement and uplifting music. And there wasn't anyone to pattern after. To my knowledge, this is the first music subscription, not just in the LDS industry, but nationwide, I couldn't find anyone to pattern. No, I've never it. heard of it. No, I haven't yeah. ever heard of it either. So that presented, it was exciting, but it also presented problems, which um, the education, like teaching people what this is and helping them understand that's been just some hard work, you know, just helping people um, know that it's out there and that it's available. Yes. But it's been so worth it. And and people who've subscribed have really seemed to enjoy it and look forward to it. And as far as your question about the inspiration for it, yes. I can only say it just came from God. Yeah. I remember where I was and what I was doing when the idea popped into my head. And obviously it's morphed and it's developed and it's gotten better and better each year that we've done it. So can you tell me about that experience of where you were and what you were doing when it came? Yeah, well, it's it's probably, it, it's, it probably sounds strange, but maybe no stranger than getting a song idea while you're driving. But I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was just out on a, on a path near our home. I was running. I was listening to another podcast. And the idea just popped into my head about a song every month and, and getting them more like the sheet music. It's really hard to get the sheet music for songs. And it really is. Yeah. And if people want to download sheet music, it's usually $5 a pop. Yes. This subscription is less than the sheet music and then they get all of it. So anyway, I came home and I told my husband and I'm always full of crazy ideas, but I said to him, okay, I think I had a crazy idea, but I think it's legit. And, and so I, I kind of told it to him and it just unfolded from there. That, and it's such, it, it, it really is, it really was inspired and the idea is wonderful. The songs are beautiful. Have you received, what kind of feedback have you received from this? Have people emailed you or DM'd you and said, this has changed my life? Yeah, I guess just to share one that happened yesterday, a gal who's a member of Live All In emailed me and said that she had been teaching at an addiction recovery session, and she just felt really strongly that she needed to share one of the songs from Live All In this year. It's the April song, and it's called Come As You Are. Oh, and yes. It is, it is a 
gorgeous song. I wrote it with Tyler Castleton and it just, I mean, she just shared it with this group and I guess it just had a huge impact on helping people feel like what they've experienced, what they've gone through and the scars that they still have from what they've gone through are okay. God wants us to come as we are. He wants us to come just like we are in this very moment and he will help change us and he will help make us whole. And it was really cool to hear that she used the music in that way. That and Tyler Castleton is, is so talented and, 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 I can imagine that that was a fun process. Did you did you write that together or via Zoom or did you kind of email lyrics back and forth? The majority of the time our sessions are face to face, so okay. we were together writing that one and he uh, came with the idea, the title Come as you are, and we talked about what does that mean? Who can that help? And honestly, for anyone who's going through an addiction of any kind, Anyone who's struggling with self-identity, any kind of hardship or challenge, this song is is going to hit home and just express what's in their heart. And a lot of times I'll have people say to me, in fact, this is the thing that people say to me most when they stop me at Costco or they stop me at a restaurant and they want to tell me about how the music has influenced their lives. The phrase that I hear most often is, that the music got them through their darkest hour. Oh. And it's humbling to hear that in the moment when they wanted to give up, there's a way for God to get them this music so that they can hear and they can feel God's love so that they don't give up, so that they go one more day, so that they take another step and keep going. And honestly, Cameron, we need music like that. We do. We cannot give up on that just because the world has changed and things have changed. So that is my mission is to keep it going. I think it's an incredible mission and I could not agree with you more. I think we need things like that and that music has a way of being less confrontational than sometimes, you know, a preachy talk or a parent saying, listen, you need to change this. And it has a way of speaking to others as they, as they need to hear it as well. And, and certain lyrics will stick out to, certain people. I may listen to one song and say, this is exactly what I needed to hear. And someone else will be like, that was just a nice song. And then they'll listen to another one and say, this one changed my life. And it's just, it. music has a way of just kind of seeping into our hearts and teaching us what we need to know as we are as well. And, and you know, for the moment and, and for the time, my sweet niece, the song that I wrote with Dustin Christensen, she, I, I never recorded it. I just, it was on my phone and Dustin was in my family room on a guitar. And during this whole awful COVID-19 thing, she was in quarantine and having a really difficult time. And I sent that song to her just on a whim, like it's called, he is there through it all. And I said, this is no matter what you're going through, like when I stumble and fall, he's there through it all. You know, I, I know he'll always catch me when I fall. He's there through it all. And 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 she said, I, I went into my closet and listened to that song. And she said, that's when I received the answer to my prayer that I was so desperately seeking. What should I do? And, and what's the best thing for me in the situation? And she said it was through that crappy recording on my phone, that <laughs> song. And so I, I really have such a strong testimony that music, like you said, can change the world. And I think you are doing it in such a beautiful way. So my last question for you today is what do you love 
most about what you do, about Live All In, about singing, performing, about motherhood, all of that. Like, what do you feel like, oh, this is what I love most about the talents that Heavenly Father has given me and how I've been able to share them? Great question. And I'm going to give you a super cliche answer, especially considering the title of the, your podcast. But I love the idea that I get to do good, that I get to make the world a little bit better place. Yes. And that it just lifts someone. And that goes for everything you just listed, whether it was music or motherhood or um, running a home or serving. Like, I just want to do some good. I just want to leave the world a little bit better place. And you have uh, through your music and your, you have books, you have CDs, you can listen to your awesome past Time Out for Women talks and, and firesides that you've given. In fact, I was on the Deseret Book app the other day and I was going back through like all the Time Out because I spoke at Time Out for Girls and I never got to hear the women presenters. And so I've listened to like past women presenters and I'm like, oh, these are so amazing and so funny. You're so relatable. One of my very favorite, you have like this little book, The Bedtimes and Nap Times. And you wrote a song, bedtimes and nap times and bedtimes and nap times. These are a few of my favorite things. I'm like, yep, that's totally me with young kids, especially. <laughs> that's not that I don't love my kids, but man, that that was a day. That was a time of day I just really looked forward to. <laughs> so I'm I'm just so happy to know you. I'm I'm proud to be your friend. You are doing so much good. Where can people go if they're like, what is this subscription service? I want to sign up. How can they choose to live all in? It's called liveallintoday.com. That's okay. the website, liveallintoday.com. And you can also go to hillaryweeks.com for more music and products that are uplifting. Awesome. Hillary, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and really for all of the good that you are doing. Thanks for having me. If you want to listen to any other podcasts. They're all on the Our Turtle House app. And tell your friends and family, the app is free to download. You can hear past podcasts. And please check out the Live All In Today from Hillary Weeks and start your subscription service. It's like she said, it's like the price of a sandwich a month. And so you're going to want to check it out. Incredible songs, sheet music. Hopefully it'll brighten your day and, and brighten your life. And we're so grateful for you for tuning in. Don't forget to do some good. I'm Carmen Herbert. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Doing Good with Carmen Herbert, available exclusively inside Our Turtle House. Our Turtle House is a digital membership site with content your whole family will love. From exclusive full-length talks from some of your favorite speakers like Hank Smith, Meg Johnson, and John By the Way, to podcasts where they answer your questions. There's even daily devotionals made specifically for your teenagers. For more information or to get your first month for less than a dollar, go to OurTurtleHouse.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here for another episode of Doing Good next week.